Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. To the highest degree. Amen. It says in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said, uh, it says, but he answered and said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So that verse is interesting because if you notice, Jesus did not say that believers shall not live by bread alone, did he? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, he is revealing to us in that verse the original intent of man, of God's purpose and his design, rather, for man to exist on this planet and to have a successful existence. He's saying that you can't just eat food to survive on this planet. Food is of necessity. If you don't eat, you're going to die if you don't eat food. But he's saying, but also you need something else. The way I designed life to be lived, you need something else to live successfully. You need the word of God just as much as you need, as, as much as you need food. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Is mankind as a whole doing this? Right? It, they're not. We're not. As, as a whole, mankind is not doing this. Mankind is living by food and every word other than the word of God. And what has it resulted in in the earth? Darkness. Okay? Because man is not living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, it has resulted in chaos, violence, hate, division, strife, greed, corruption, and on and on and on and on, just darkness. Amen. So my question to you, you guys is, if in that case, let, let me just ask you this. What if you did live by the word? Now, we already know that the earth is full of darkness right now because man isn't living by the word, right? So, but if you live by the word, then what's going to happen? You're going to be set apart because you're going to be in light. Your life is going to be light. Let me, let me just read something. John 8, 12, Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. So Jesus is the light of the world. And remember, the, uh, John chapter 1, verse 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if Jesus is the light of the world, then apparently living by the Word of God, the Word of God itself is light. And when you decide to live by it, you are going to be the light of the world. Amen? So 
John chapter 17 and verse 17. Hey, hey, um, Leon, can you move to the, thank you. I guess kind of keep an eye on the clock. <laughs> John chapter 17 and verse 17. Um, Jesus says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Okay? Now the word sanctify means to make holy. So the word of God is able to make us holy, okay? And so don't trip out. See, we done turned holy into something spooky. Holy simply means set apart. That's what it means. It means to be uncommon, set apart. And Jesus says, sanctify them through thy truth. Now, if you're born again, Jesus has already sanctified you in him. You are already holy right now in Christ. But God wants your life to be holy. He wants your life to be set apart, right? And so the word of God and living according to the word of God is able to do that. Cause your life to be set apart from everything that's going around you. All right? So here's the thing about that. Before you can do that, you have got to uh, get to a place, though, where you are valuing the Word of God by esteeming it above everything else. You have got to, if you really want to do this, you have got to get to a place where you esteem what God said over everything and everybody. I don't care what your political affiliation is. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what the news media is saying. The word, you have to say, what is the word saying? Amen? It says in Psalm 138, verse 2, God magnify his word above his own name. That's how high God esteems his word, above his own name. And Romans chapter 3 and verse 4 says, Let God be true and every man a liar. That means that if the word is saying one thing and somebody is saying something that opposes what the word is saying, you're supposed to let that person be a liar and let the word of God be true. Period. This is how this works. This is, what a, this is a part of trusting God. Amen. So he said, let every man be a liar. Every man be a liar. Every man. If it's your mama and she's saying something opposite the word, now you be respectful. You don't say, mama, you a lie. You know, you just say in your own heart, that's a lie. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's uh, the person, some, somebody who you highly is, it doesn't matter who it is. God said, if they send some opposite what I said, it's a lie. Okay? This is what you have to get to in order to, you know, understand that. And remember, the devil in Genesis, the first recorded words of Satan to man. Read it for yourself. The first recorded words was half God said. He didn't even say hi. He didn't even say, how you doing? What brings you around here? Immediately, he wanted to get them to question what God said. So he must know something we don't. 
He must know the power of God's word. He must know that if we choose to the word of God, something good is going to result from it. Amen. And so he's still doing the same thing today. He's doing it through the media. He's doing it through circumstances. He's doing it through social media. He's doing it through voices all over the earth. Half God said, he's still doing it. And you got to choose what are you going to do? Are you going to value what God said over what they're saying, over what you're feeling even? Because that's when the power manifests. It ain't going to manifest when you feel like it or you, you feel like acting on the word. You got to be in faith at all times. 1 Timothy 4.1 says that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You know why that's going to happen? Because these people don't value the word. They, don't, they, they never got to a place where, no, I don't care. Come hell or high water, I'm going to believe the word of God over any and everything, period. I'm, this, I'm believing this word to the grave, man. That's what God wants from us. Amen. And once you make that determining effort in your own heart, then you'll find yourself living according to the word of God and as a result your light will be shining in the middle of this dark world your life will be a light your life will be a light once you determine to do this amen so make a decisive effort and say no matter what I'm going to esteem God's word over and over, over any and everything that comes over the word of the media, over the word of politicians, experts, memes, social media, friends, family, circumstances, even my own feelings. Amen. All right, so once you got, once we do that, that's when our light is going to shine. Amen. That's all I have. You guys be blessed. It's funny, every week when I come up, I feel like the pastor or whoever is in front of me has taken half my message. <laughs> Praise God, but that's just the Holy Spirit, amen? Glory to God. Well, I have the wonderful opportunity of sharing with you this morning about walking by faith. The next fruit of the Spirit that we are covering is called faith. So turn to your neighbor and say, good morning, neighbor. We're going to walk by faith. Find another neighbor. Say, good morning, neighbor. We're going to walk by faith. All right. So as we know, faith is the next fruit of the Spirit. And it's really interesting when you think about it because faith is not something that you can just choose to when you want to walk in. You know, some of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, you have to make an active effort or you have to choose to walk in love or choose to allow the peace of God to rule in your heart. But faith is our life blood. It is, it's what's in us. It's what moves us. It's how we operate. And so um, we're referencing Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, looking at the fruit of the Spirit. But one of the things that you have to understand is that 
that faith was placed in your heart by Father God when you were born again. So it is something that all of us as believers, we already have possession of that. So then what is our responsibility? If faith is already in my heart and it was placed there by Father God, when I received Jesus in my heart, then I have to do what is found in Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Quickly turn there. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 is something that is crucial for us to understand and always remember because it says Romans chapter 10 verse 17 so then faith cometh by what hearing so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God faith is there but if you want your faith to grow or you want your faith to increase what do you need to do what minister Kurt just said you must esteem the word and you must hear the word on a consistent basis in other words it can't just be something that you heard five years ago or five weeks ago or it can't just be something that you heard pastor preach Faith comes by hearing, by you spending time in that word. And what happens on the inside in your spirit, man, when you hear words of faith? It builds your trust. It builds your confidence. It makes you solid and firm. Because, see, what you have to understand is faith is what pleases God. That is how we're to operate in this realm. And here's something that I want you to understand. When I was, you know, looking and studying it, studying through this, you know, one of the things that Father God wants us to see is this is how he operates. If you go to Hebrews, go to Hebrews quickly. Because Hebrews chapter 11 tells you, give me a second to turn there. Hebrews chapter 11, it gives a definition of faith, which I never really understood. Uh, I, I heard it year after year after year. I was like, that's just not clicking with me, Lord. Um, but when, look at verse 3. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And so if you go way back to the beginning, everything that we see everything that exists was made by what it was made by faith through the word of God so now I need you to go on a little faith journey with me and we're going to go all the way back to beginning to where nothing existed it was God and there was nothing or there was everything was void you couldn't see anything you couldn't feel anything you couldn't touch anything and so how did the world come into being? God was there. It was God the Father. You had the Holy Spirit. You had Jesus with him. And what Father God did is he looked out at the vast expanse and said, there's something not, there's, there's, there's nothing tangible here. And so what did he do? He spoke. All Father God did was spoke. And the mere, mere action of him speaking his word caused motion and matter to start swirling and forming and create what it is he desired. So from the very beginning, when there was nothing, God simply spoke his word and it came to pass. 
When there was complete darkness, all God did was spoke his word and light was. It came to pass. And so God set in motion a way of existence, a way of operation that said, when there is nothing in front of me, when nothing exists, when I can't see anything, when nothing is formed, all I need to do is speak my word and it comes to being. And so what did Father God invite us to do? When he said, walk by faith, he said, I want you to go back with me to when it first began. There was nothing, and I spoke, and it came to pass. And then each time there was another obstacle, what did I do? I spoke my word, and it came to pass. And so when you understand walking by faith, you've got to look back at God and say, God, am I doing this right? There's an obstacle in front of me. How do I get it to move? How do I get it to change? He says, remember what I did in the beginning? All I did was spoke my word. I spoke my word and it came to pass. I spoke my word and the situation changed. I spoke my word and things were molded or melted or reformed or reshaped or recreated or put in position exactly where you needed it to be. So it wasn't through a mighty effort on his part or a mighty effort on your part. It is through that spoken word and relying on his word. Because see, when you understand that when you look at just the Genesis account of creation everything God spoke it came to pass everything he said it manifested so did he lie no did he change no did it turn red one day and then yellow the next no every time he spoke God has a consistent plan every time he spoke it came to pass every single time he didn't lie he didn't turn he wasn't shady every single time and so what he needs us to do is to have our word have his word full in our hearts so that when we face a challenge when we face the test when we face an obstacle we can look back and remember what did he do he spoke it and it came to pass that is how you walk by faith see it's it's almost like I, of course you know I couldn't come without my little friends here it's like I have my little friend here. This is something that I want to receive. I have my tool of faith. What does faith allow me to do? Faith allows me to reach into the realm of the spirit and grab hold of what it is I'm believing for until I manifest it in my life. I may not be able to see it. I can't physically see it right now, but is there something sitting on that podium? Absolutely it is. How do I know? Because the word of God tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. It says that he has already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So as far as God is concerned, it's in concrete. It already exists. When he created the, the, the foundations of the earth, he set the promises in motion for us to have everything we need. So he said, all I need you to do is do what I did. Take my word and grab it and hold on to it until it's in front of you, manifested where you need it. That is how you walk by faith. Amen? That's my time. Amen.
Welcome to my actual world, manager AJ. You'll get to taste what I taste every week. Ha! <laughs> now I appreciate that. Um, Romans chapter 12. Before I hop to it, uh, I would be out of character, out of line if I didn't tell you all my son is here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, after a few months of fighting over his actual name, uh, we went with Emmanuel Isaiah. Emmanuel Isaiah Hearns. Um, uh, my wife, Tony, she's back at home, and the baby boy, he's back at home also. Uh, for those of y'all who are not Facebook friends with me, um, really, really quickly, uh, he was born not breathing. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, he was about seven. Uh, his, his actual due date was the 18th, which is Tuesday. He came this past Sunday, so roughly a week and a half early. All of my kids have come early, so it's no big deal there. Um, so this particular time, I was actually prepared to catch the baby, thank God. Um, but what happened is um, he was bigger than normal. He's 21 and a half inches and 9.5 pounds. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Tony, you know, she was working, you know, she's pushing, doing her thing, and all of a sudden uh, he gets stuck. So he was coming in and coming out. And then what happened is once he did that, he finally came out, so I'm watching. For the first time in three pregnancies, I'm watching the whole thing. And all of a sudden, I see a head pop out. You know that moment, that, that adoration, that like, yeah, this is here. I look down, I see a blue face. Blue, purple, black, all the stuff that you don't want to see in a child. And so, long story short, uh, it took about a couple of minutes, a minute and a half, minute, minute and a half total for them to get them back breathing. And, but thanks be to God, we won. <laughs> thanks be to God. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks. Be to God. Come on. If you're gonna do it, you please just do it right. If you're gonna do it, do it right. We won. <laughs> we won. We won. We won. We won. We won. I would be totally lying if I wasn't going to tell you, if I, if I would say I was the pillar of strong faith at that moment. <laughs> I think in a fight, flight, or freeze, I actually froze in that particular moment. <laughs> but thank you for the prayers. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the love. Uh, like he's, he's fighting, so he's definitely strong. Everything's good except his shoulders, but, you know, we're playing. We're praying through that, you know. His right arm, we're doing this here. Left arm is more like that. But you know, we are praying that on in. So thank you all once again. Really appreciate that. So all right. Uh, Romans chapter 12. This particular gift, uh, grace gift we're talking, is leadership. Leadership. Um, there are a lot of great men and women who have taught seminars, who have jobs talking about leadership. And so I'm not going to go there quite at this moment. The only thing I'm going to say is this particular word for leadership is to influence others by having a respected reputation, by setting an example of excellence, by living in faith. Amen. To influence others 
by having a respected reputation, by setting the example of excellence, by living in faith. So Paul is telling in this particular chapter, if you have been given the ability, I would take it a step further, the opportunity to be a leader. Do it with all diligence, do it with earnestness, do it with focus, do it with zeal. Because you as a leader, you may not be leading hundreds, thousands, millions of people, you may be just leading your family. You may be leading your circle of friends. You may be leading, you fill in the blank, but God is saying, I have given you the ability, I like to say the opportunity by which to do so. Now, there are two ways in order to actually lead someone else. One is in the definition by influence or by manipulation. You can either influence it or you can manipulate it by force, by coercion, you fill in the blank. And so what God has done, and I told you I was going to have a prop for you. Come on. <laughs> Hi, I got one. I've had the pleasure of going after Minister AJ all since the last month and a half. Hi, thank you. I just put it on the podium. All right, so let's go to Psalms 23. Whenever we talk about leadership with God, there's a pretty straightforward answer to this. And Christina, my oldest, sends her greetings by way of her lamb and her owl, okay? So in leadership with God or being graced with the opportunity to lead somebody else as empowered by God, it's quite simple. God is a shepherd. So every shepherd back in the Bible days, not so much now, definitely in the Bible days, they had a staff, a rod, that they used to protect their flock and to provide for them. So God still does this by his people, but the problem is, like sheep, we don't always want to trust the leader. So what God does is, through his influence, is my sheep, John 10, my sheep hear my voice. Through that time spent with God, he influences us through his and just like that sheep that's going astray, God is like, okay, come on back, come on back with his rod, which is his word. So he takes his word, like, okay, come on, you are getting too far to here. Come on, come on, come back. I love you. I'm graceful. You. Come on back here. Come on back here. Or if something is coming ahead of you, God is like, okay, you, you speak my word and go and get the results that I sent my word out for to accomplish. But far too often what happens is instead of us trusting the leader, trusting the leadership of the Holy Spirit, this sheep, this, this guy here. And I've did like a very brief study on sheep, so I am not an expert. But sheep are defenseless, helpless, not honestly the brightest out there, out of the animal kingdom. And so, like, to the extent I read this joke earlier, and they were like, it was like a 1,500 sheep. And the shepherd was over there somewhere eating. The sheep, the first 400 ran off this cliff. They just ran. They all died. The other 1,100 
ran right behind them, not even asking questions. They were not black. And so what happened is they ran out. Some of y'all caught that. <laughs> so they ran right behind those first 400 sheep. And the only reason that they survived falling off the cliff because they land on top of the other sheep that had already. That's not really that they survived, but they were right there. Oh, remember? So instead of them trusting the shepherd or waiting for the shepherd to give them protection, permission, guidance, comfort, sometimes sheep, which the Bible calls all of us, not y'all, us, sometimes it's like we want to talk bad. Bad. But that's how it sounds to God. God is telling you so many promises, few thousand promises in this word. God is like, they are, they are yours. You take these promises, you put them in your word, and you go get what I sent it out to actually do. But God, that's bad. That's uncomfortable. You fill in the blank. But God was like this, look. I have graced you, give you my word, my abilities, and I, all I actually do is take it by faith and to trust me. Trust my rod. Because this here is to protect you. This is taller than I am. It's to protect you. So if something comes up to you, it's going to be a distance at least six feet. This is social distance appropriate between me and between you and them. So there's some stuff that I want to keep away from you, but instead of you trusting me, because you may not understand it or you don't feel that way, you're going to walk into some things that will cost you more than I want you to pay. So now we have a choice. Either, okay, all right, God, trust, build our relationship because that's how shepherds lead, through relationship. Because either that shepherd got two options. One, they can be behind the sheep, driving them like cattle, or they can be in front of the sheep, I'm going to call this one Lammy because that's what my daughter calls it. Lammy, come here. And it comes because it knows daddy's, the shepherd's voice. So really, really simple. I'm going to wrap up. Will you trust what God has said to you? To you. All right. This is us in our personal relationship. Leadership is honestly about you obeying what God has told you to do. Trusting that as you obey it overflows from you to influence the people he's placed up in your care it's not for us to figure this stuff out it's for us to remain in obedience so as long as me as I thought about this uh, about three weeks ago as long as me shepherd of my household that's a lonely place I mean what would I tell I mean I don't like playing a what if game but for 30 seconds what if we would have went through that whole eight, nine-month period, I watched the baby boy come out, and he didn't recover? What do I tell my wife? It's the only place to be. Because she's looking to me, hey, you're guiding us. My daughters, daddy, tell me what's up. 
comfort me, guide me, I wouldn't have the answers out of my natural. But what I do have is the ability to say, give me a few moments. Go to my closet, my place of prayer away from everybody, because when I get frustrated, I just want to be left alone. I'm always that way. It's like, just give me a few minutes, I will come back to you. So go to my place, talk to my dad. Look, man, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know how this is going to work out. Philippians chapter 4, right? Verse 6. Don't worry about anything, but tell him. Tell him. God, I need words. God, I need this. God, I need that. Thank him for what he's done. Then I love verse 7. In the NLT, it says, then. I've been saying this for the whole summer. I've been doing a couple of small groups back in Marietta. Thanks, God. And I tell them all the time, I like math. One plus one is always two, right? So if you have one and you see two, then you can assume, if you see one and see one, you can assume there's a two falling up. So then, verse seven, the peace will surpass all understanding. So because I took my pause, now I'm leading my family. We ain't talking about the spiritual family, my natural family. Because that's actual weight as my spiritual family because now people look at me, hey. We ain't talking about just my group of five. I can go to my God. Open humility. I says, Daddy, this is what I need from you. Thank you for what he's done. Then receive peace. Because too many of us are looking for peace without doing part one. We talk all the time, a lot of people are like, Reggie, I just need peace, and I'm, I'm about to wrap up. I'm sorry. I missed my last week, so you know. It's like, hey, Reggie, I need peace. Yeah, but are you, are you seeking the peace without releasing? It's a give and take. So you go, because I thought about this. I, I, unfortunately, I can't say it. My mind didn't slip. What did this turn out the opposite direction? So if you go to God, God, give me peace. God is like, we're giving you problems first. That thing you're trying to straighten out, you're trying to fix on your own because if... Because we're this mindset that we don't have a, a, a shepherd with a staff. And Isaiah, he said, he sent his word to them and they healed them. So we go to God before him. Father God, this is what I need. Tell him what you need. Thank you for what he's done. Do you receive the peace? So now me, daddy in this closet, I can go back out with peace. Maybe a word, it may be a phrase, a sentence, or maybe a full-on action. I'm just following my lead. This is what you want me to do, sir? Okay, cool. Hey, babe, this is what's up. Christina Michaela, this is what it is. And now I'm leading, but I'm not acting like I'm the source of it. So, leadership, will you follow the ride? Back in the day, for a shepherd, it was literally a stick that looked like a belt, and it had a hook. So when that sheep got off track, you could wrap it around his neck gently and pull it in. Or if they had to, they can go run away and catch that sheep and bring it back in their arms. It's a beautiful story. Now it's the Holy Spirit by the word. It's that inward witness. 
So now the Holy God guides us by the Holy Spirit. But actually in the natural, in the spiritual, the Holy Spirit does the exact same thing. Once we get out of line, the Holy Spirit, he takes the word, he wraps it around us, and he pulls it. That tug, we call it the tug. So he's tugging on his back. Come on back. Come on back. Why? Because he's leading us. Simple question. Will you follow the leader? I thank you very much. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise for the word that we have received so far? Hallelujah. God is so good. And all the time. Amen, amen. Now, I'm sort of like Minister Kirk when he said this uh, name of this series is The Light Spectrum. It's, and when I um, looked at the name of the series, the first thing I thought about, the name of the series is The God Spectrum. The first thing I thought about was The Light Spectrum. Because I remember in school that anytime I heard the word spectrum, usually it was in the context of a prism showing forth the different colors of the light spectrum. So even as we see a rainbow, we see the red, the orange, the yellow, the green, the blue, the indigo, and the violet, seven colors. When we see a rainbow, we are seeing that light spectrum that God has shown through those water droplets after the rain, which is a uh, testimony unto us that he will not destroy the earth by water anymore. But just think about that. It is showing forth even different attributes of our Father, different attributes of our God. You mean you can shine a white light through a prism and you see all these different colors? Well, that's how God is. He is one, but we see all these different aspects of him as we look at him through, our, through his word. So everything that God has made, everything he has put together is going to glorify him and tell us about him if we are willing to see it. Somebody say amen. Now, when I was young, younger, <clears throat> y'all, see, that must be the Holy Ghost because I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> because I don't claim that I'm old now. Now, I planned on having a lot of years, but I don't plan on being old. You know, the scripture says when so-and-so was old and full of days. So I can be full of days, but I don't have to be broke down, and neither does anyone else, amen? And I believe that the scripture, when it uh, lists in it things about people and saying they were so-and-so age and they did so-and-so, I planned on being like Father Abraham. I planned on being 100 plus, that is, if Jesus doesn't come back before that time, or I don't go to where the grave, but I plan on being 100 plus and still being able to uh, respond to every situation. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I think the brothers got that. <laughs> well, praise God. It says in Malachi 3.6, For I am God and I change not. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God is nothing else, he is consistent in everything that he does. You don't have to worry about God flaking out and being one way today and him being another way another day. It even He is so consistent in scripture that we have a law of what's called first mention that when we, when we see God do something one way in the scripture, he, he uh, typically 
typically continues to do it the same way or with the same principles, amen? Now, with this thought in mind, I remember when I was younger, hallelujah, when I was younger, I said, God, this seems strange to me. Why is it that all the animals are born with their clothes on and we have to go get some clothes and put them on? <laughs> now, I don't want you to think that I was trying to be a nudist at that time, neither have I now, but I just wonder about things sometimes, things that may be typically off the walls of somebody else. But I said, God, you are good, so why we have to adjust to the elements and environment? And the animals, they just grow another layer of fur or they share one when they need to. So God is consistent. God is not going to, in his original design, create us, his crowning creation, in a lower uh, aspect than the animals. So originally, there must have been something clothing us, just like God is clothed. Hallelujah. So as I was thinking about this light spectrum, uh, the God spectrum, I was also thinking about this. So we might wonder, well, how is God clothed? Because if you want to see how a dog is going to look, if we have a little puppy, we just look at the daddy dog and the mama dog. It's going to probably look just like them. If we got a cat, a little kitten, we look at the mama cat and the daddy cat, and it's probably going to look like them. So if we want to see what man's original clothing or covering is, we probably need to look at what God says his original clothing or covering, or covering is. So when we, look at, when we look at Psalms 104, Psalms 104, it tells us plainly what God's garments are. It says in Psalms 104, verse 2, who covereth thyself with what? Hallelujah, who covereth thyself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. Hallelujah. So God himself is covered with light. God wears light as a garment. God who, as it says in 1 John 1, 5, who is light. It says in 1 John 1, 5, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all, at all. And it even says in Revelations that when the new Jerusalem shall come down to earth, there shall not be any need for sun because the Son of God shall light the whole city. Hallelujah. So when we manifest that light, we're actually manifesting God through ourselves. So we are not the origin of light, but we have in ourselves the light bearer. We have in ourselves when we're saved, we have Jesus Christ. We have in ourselves when we are walking in fellowship with him, when we're walking in his word, when we're doing what he says, we can shine forth the very light of God. Somebody say amen. So we should be able to see in the scripture even a demonstration of this light in our Lord and Savior. So in Matthew 4, 16, it says, the people sat in darkness, saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, this light bearer, he preached, repent, 
for the kingdom of God is at hand because sin, having a wrong mindset, a mindset that does not match up with the word, a mindset that does not agree with what's in the Bible, a mindset that says, I'm going to choose to take what society says or what situations say or what my friends say over what the word says will cause us to be darkened. But when we line up with the word, we allow the light bearer in ourselves to shine forth. Hallelujah. So again, in John 8, 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again, other than saying, I am the what? Light of the world. He that followeth me, he shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, even sinners know that darkness is representative of sin because they do their most dirt in the dark. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. So we don't want to be a part of that. But is this light that we're speaking of, is it just something that's figurative? Or is it something that is actual and apparent and can be seen? Well, yes, it can be seen. If we were able to, God right now will allow all of us to have discerning of the spirit and let us look into the spirit realm, we can actually see the light that is in all of us shining forth. Because if you are saved, Jesus Christ has made his home in you. He has made his tabernacle in you. He has made you, me, us. He has made us his home. And we can see the manifestation of his presence in us. Say amen, somebody. So in Matthew 17, 1, Jesus wanted us to even see that this was a true light and not a figurative light because he, on the Mount of Transfiguration, allowed it to be seen his true self, how he really is. So in Matthew 17, 1, it reads, And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. So in that moment, he allowed them to see him in his glory. In his, that moment, he allowed them to see him in his manifested uh, place as being the son of almighty God. So he told them, don't even tell anybody about this, until my resurrection. Now, you know, sometimes we, as modern-day Christians, take things in the Bible really for granted because we have movies, we have TV shows, we have social media, we have YouTube and everything else out there, and we have progressively seen the progress of special effects and so on and so forth. So many things, when we read it, don't have an impact because we look at it from the perspective of our present day association with technology. So we don't put as much weight on some of the supernatural events that happen in the scripture because we're looking at it through these eyes of present day technology. But just imagine if you were back in Jesus' day where there was no street light. Where the only light you had was light from a lamp 
which was just a little bowl with oil in it, and you had a little strip of a wick that you lit, or you had light from a fire, or you had light from the sun or from the moon. That's the only light you saw. But now you see this man that you've been following, this man that you've seen work miracles. This man now is shining brighter than the sun at noonday. And not only his face, but also his clothes are shining. Now, what would that do to you? Now, light on a person is so, it sets you back so much that when Moses' face shone after he came down from Sinai on his second trip down, his face shone because he had been in the presence of God. And it was so frightening that he had to cover his face so that the people wouldn't be afraid to associate with him. This shining forth of the light that was in our Lord and Savior was just showing you really who he is. And those disciples were to take that manifestation of his true presence and have that be something that inspired them and held them to endure until he rose again. Hallelujah. We also should take this manifestation and see him as he is until the time that we see him again as he is. Hallelujah. So prior to man's sin, and I didn't look at the clock, so I hope I'm not going over time. But prior to man's sin, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they too were clothed with that same light. God made everything in that same vein. The child showed forth the same exterior covering as the parent. But when man sinned, man's light was cut off because that is a spiritual light. That's why Adam and Eve, it says in the scripture that they were naked and not ashamed. Not that they were blind to their nakedness, but that light of God covered them. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what are we to do today? Turn to 1 John 3, 2, real quick. Hallelujah. Verse John 3, 2. It reads, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when, we, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him, what? As he is. Your perception of yourself should not be even as you see yourself today. Because also the scripture says we are presently seated together with him in heavenly places. Your perception of yourself today should be even as he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. You are a light being and you are full of light. Hallelujah. As long as we walk in that light. Amen? Amen. So what do we do with that light? We let it shine. Matthew 5, 14, it reads... Ye are the light of the world. A city set upon a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in that house. Let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What is the true purpose of that light, of this light we're talking about, this God spectrum? What does God actually want us to do with what in us? Let it shine before men so that those men can see him. It's not that we will be glorified. It's that he will be glorified. Hallelujah. So that somebody else can look at you, look at me, look at us, and see Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. When they wonder, what gives you the ability in the face of these traumatic times to still have a smile on your face? What gives you the ability to have a positive outlook when everything is looking negative and looking down? What gives you the ability to walk in faith and not in fear? It is because of Jesus Christ, because of his light, because of what he's done. Hallelujah. So anybody that has the light off, it's easy to flip that switch and get it on. All you have to do is be saved. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And at that moment of salvation, your light comes on. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Because in this natural birth, your light's off. But when you get the new birth, your light turns back on. It says in Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of thy words bringeth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Hallelujah. So this day I want to admonish you to walk in the light if your light's already on. Don't walk on the dark side. Don't be a child of Darth Vader. <laughs> be a child of God. Walk in that light, that purifying light of his righteousness that you may glorify God by showing that light unto men. Hallelujah. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.